Hi there and welcome to this video for Senior Physics on Nuclear Physics. In this uh, video we're going to uh, run through a review of the properties of radioactive particles. Now basically it, the, um, the whole sort of history behind radiation happened towards um, the end of the 19th century and we all know the stories of Becquerel, Curie and um, Rutherford leading into Niels Bohr etc etc. Um, Basically, they were the pioneers of our idea of radiation, and we know that Ernest Rutherford, who won a Nobel Prize um, for chemistry, did um, a huge amount with nuclear radiation when he was using his um, gold leaf experiment. Now, remember, he was doing the gold leaf exper experiment um, to prove J.J. Thomson's model of the plum pudding idea, the idea that um, each atom was made up of um, was positive and then it had these sort of negative um, particles um, engaged inside. And in that, um, in that model, remember those negative charges were um, randomly placed, but in that model he actually used um, alpha particles. And what we'd like to do is just recap on um, the properties of these um, alpha particles, these beta particles, and these gamma particles. And what he noticed was that they have varying um, penetrating effects. Now, the, the, um, the penetration effects of um, radiation or radioactive particles um, can be identified using this very simple um, diagram you can see in the bottom corner here. Now, the least penetrating is going to be your alpha particles. They will basically be stopped by something as thin as paper. Um, now, this idea of penetration is really, really interesting, especially when you look at the idea of, you, of radiotherapy or you using radiation within the medical field. Because if you're trying to get inside the body, then you want to have something which is going to penetrate and have the effect of causing an effect within um, a tumour or a cancer cell or what, whatever you're trying to manipulate with that radiation. So alpha particles, although um, have a really good ionizing effect, basically will only um, get th through very, very thin particles. So it's almost um, skin deep. That's as far as it will go. It won't penetrate any further. So if you've got something like a brain tumor, there's no way alpha particles are going to work, even though you might think because of their ionizing ability, they'd be better. So alpha particles can only get through very, very thin areas. That's then followed by beta particles, which can get through um, paper, metal, um, but again, they're only going to be um, foils. They're basically going to be able to get through substances where their particles are compacted together quite tightly, but they're only going to be quite thin. Their, their, their penetrating ability will not go through thick substances where the atoms are, are closely compacted. And it wasn't until Paul Villard in, um, um, in later on discovered um, gamma rays and gamma rays, as we know, they're, they're the most penetrating out of all of the um, radioactive particles. They can, they can actually get through um, quite thick layers of concrete, lead and steel. And that's why when we, do, when we look at nuclear power and uh, when we're trying to remove any of the nuclear waste, they're often stored in lead-lined concrete containers because it's the gamma radiation which can actually penetrate through. That's why they've got to be. That's why they've got to be thick. If gamma wasn't there or wasn't liberated, then obviously we wouldn't need to actually store these um, 
these uh, waste products from radio radioactive power in these in these containers. And this is probably our big problem behind what do we do with that waste once we use it. If we if if we were able to to store them quite easily, then nuclear power probably would be used a lot more than it is today. So we've got these three main um, particles. We've got alpha particles, low penetration, beta particles, little higher penetration than gamma particles, which has got very, very high penetrations. But what we also need to look at is um, what are these particles? Now we've done this before lower down in our, in our schooling, but just to recap, if we look at alpha particles, they're made up of two protons and two neutrons. They represent the helium nucleus. Now I must stress here, they are a helium nucleus. They are not a helium atom. There are no electrons which are involved in in, in the production of this um, particle. Because there's two protons, it has a positive charge, okay, so its overall charge will be plus two. Um, it's a lumbering giant when it comes to the uh, radi radioactive particles. It only has 10% the speed of light. And as we know, its penetration can be stopped by um, only a couple of sheets of paper. So alpha, positive, big, heavy, um, slow moving. Then we've got the beta particle. Now the beta particle is um, predominantly an electron. So it virtually has no mass. Um, I won't say it doesn't have any mass, but it's so small that um, it, it's unaffected um, when, it, when we're looking at with respect to um, atoms. I mean, in the size of an atom, it, it, it's tiny. It has a negative charge and it's traveling at 90% speed of light. So it's a hell of a lot faster than the alpha particle. So we've got a small, negatively charged, fast-moving particle, and as we know, it can be stopped by a couple of sheets of aluminium or by um, thick, you know, centimeter of um, wood. Finally, we've got gamma. Gamma is pure energy, so there is no charge which is present on the gamma particle, traveling at the speed of light, and we find it at the far right-hand side of the electromagnetic spectrum. So basically isn't a particle um, as such because it's, it's in the form of um, energy and it can be stopped by thick layers of concrete or lead. Now, before we go any further, we, we, we sort of need to think about, well, if there's, no, um, if there's only protons and neutrons in the nucleus, where does the electron come from? And um, that's a question a lot of my students sort of ask, and they say, well, if beta's throwing out an electron, then it must come from the atom itself, and the atom is breaking down. It's not, it's the nucleus. And we need to go back to this equation. Now, this equation shows a neutron, which is shown on the left-hand side in yellow, has a mass of one and a charge of zero. Now, a neutron can break down into a proton and an electron. So if we've got this instability within the, in the uh, nucleus, this neutron can split up into a proton and electron. How it does it? No idea. When it does it? No idea. The, the fact is, that's how it does. And what it does is that neutron then will then spit out this proton and it will spit out this electron from the nucleus. So try and um, get into your head um, get away from this idea when we're looking at, looking at nuclear physics of atoms and deal with just the nucleus, hence the title of the topic. Where does that, pro that uh, beta particle come from? It's that spitting out of the electron from the breakdown of that neutron. Okay, And then that, that, that makes sense 
we've also got those protons which are going to make up the alpha particle. That alpha particle obviously will be made up of those two protons and two neutrons which are joined together, hence the helium nucleus. They're spat out from the nucleus and then we're leaving behind that electron as a beta particle. Obviously when we release these particles, energy is going to be delivered and that energy is going to be in the form of gamma radiation. Okay, so I do hope that you, find, you found that useful. It's sort of a recap on the material that we've studied before, but I think it's important that we get this into our heads right, right early on in the course so that when we start manipulating and saying, well, it liberates this alpha particle or, or a beta particle, we know exactly where it comes from and we know how we can use it later on in the medical field. Okay, well, I hope you found that useful. Thank you for joining me and I look forward to uh, meeting you again in our next video. Bye for now.